The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky team, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to americanschismbook.com. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the second hour of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour has uh, a new book uh, talking about um, her daughter's years-long battle with addiction. And uh, it's a memoir called About Natalie, A Daughter's Addiction, A Mother's Love, Finding Their Way Back to Each Other by Christine Naiman, who joins me by phone. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, let me just start right off by saying, you know, most families in America have some real personal issues that they deal with, whether it's addiction or domestic violence, sexual abuse. There are all kinds of issues, but only a few are willing to share them with other people. What is it about your experiences with your daughter Natalie that that made you want to share this personal story? Well, I I always thought that um I would share my story, um but I always thought that I would share it when we you know, when we had, you know, more of uh, you know, a happy ending. Um and I, you know, when I 
when Natalie fell into addiction, um, you know, there's so much stigma around it. I felt alone. I felt, um, I, I felt as if, I, you know, I was so isolated. Um, there's so much stigma. There's the shame, the embarrassment, the guilt, all of that. And um, I kept thinking of how isolated I felt. And, you know, then I realized, you know, I'm, I, I'm not, I, there's so many out there. And I thought if I wrote something that allowed people to get to know um, me and my daughter, they would, they would, I could help beat down some of that stigma. They would uh, get to know us and get to know that we're just um, regular people who have um, come upon a hard time. And I wanted to reach those people. You have regret. You have expressed some regret over missing some signs that were there. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Were the signs obvious as you look back and maybe not so much as you were going through it? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a great way of putting it. I mean, uh, the signs were all there in front of me, and I, I missed them. I think, you know, I missed some um, due to lack of education. I was not, I was not educated. I, um, I thought, you know, she was much too early, and I, you know, attributed all of the signs that I saw to other things. You know, well, she's, you know, a teenager, and she's going through things, and she's trying to figure out how to fit into this world, and, you know, she's just, you know, having a bad day. She's tired, all of that, and um, that was completely wrong. Um, so looking back, for sure, um, hindsight um, is definitely twenty twenty, and the signs were all there. And you know, there's also, um, if I'm being completely honest, there's there's definitely part of um, you know only seeing what you you know want to see. And um, you know, I, I'm sure I did a lot of that too. Well, let, can you um, can you share what maybe some of those signs were that? Um, that that seems so obvious now, but maybe weren't at the time. Uh, sure. I mean, there's all the physical signs. I mean, there's the bloodshot eyes. There's the, um, you know, the uh, there's there's um, you know so many things. I mean, she's tired. She's erratic. She's um, you know emotional. She's kind of happy one minute she's you know maybe extra happy one minute and then she's you know crying the next um she's secretive she's um the the friends the friends have you know uh changed the friend groups have have changed um she's you know isolating herself um i mean so many of those things were were right there do you have the feeling that she fell in with the with the wrong crowd and and was that something that she got dragged into or do you think she got started with drugs and then was attracted to the wrong crowd um you know what i would love to i mean i don't blame i mean i do not blame um i don't blame i don't blame others uh natalie is a smart girl um she comes from uh a she comes from a you know uh a home that you know provided her with advantage you know good advantages and good opportunities um you know it's easy to say oh she just fell into the wrong crowd and you know it's other people's fault they dragged you know her into it but um i'd be wrong if i said that um 
did she? I I think Natalie had a um a little bit of a um a tough time fitting in and growing up. Um, I do feel that you know, kind of bullying and some mental health issues led her there. Um, but you know, you part of becoming um, well is definitely you know taking responsibility for your own poor choices, and um, she has. Um, she has done that, and it's, it's, it's a big part of her recovery. Um, but after those poor choices, was she in the wrong crowd? For sure. Can you lay out the, the timeline a little bit? When did uh, Natalie start using drugs and, and ultimately becoming addicted, and how long and and how did did she turn a corner toward uh, being willing to accept help? Well, um, you know, I always say, oh, she started so young at twelve and thirteen, um, taking pills from her grandparents' medicine cabinet. Um, it's it is young. It's I mean, they are so young at that age, and it sounds so, you know, horribly young. But if you look at statistics. Um, most people who fall into addiction and alcoholism have experimented at 12 and 13 and 14. Um, so as much as I think, oh, she was so young, um, you know, it was probably, unfortunately, right, you know, typically on target. Um, I think she did a lot of self-medicating. I think that, um, I always say, you know, I think that drugs, you know, promote themselves very well. They advertise for themselves very well even to children, you know, that age, um, they advertise themselves as, you know, fixers. You know, you'll feel better, you'll, you know, you'll be better, you'll feel better. And I think she, she wanted to self-medicate, and I think she um, thought, well, let me get some pills and, you know, see how this goes. Um, she progressed from pills until she was um, 15 years old, and um, she was using uh, heroin and fentanyl. It that does seem young, but but I think you're, uh, I think you're right, Christine. That that twelve and thirteen is that age when children start exploring and experimenting. Mm-hmm. It is. But that's but that's a pretty big leap to go from, you know, experimenting, drinking a beer, to you know, doing, uh, you know, being addicted to heroin and fentanyl. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. I mean, definitely she was, you know, um, kind of on the fast track with that. She didn't stick with the milder milder substances or the less addictive substances for very long. I think she, um, you know, uh, just she got, you know, um, she she definitely, um, you know, uh, went on to uh, worse stuff. I mean, I think there was a lot of, you know, substances in between, but um, that's ultimately where she landed. And and how did it come about? Uh, one of the things right in the title of your book, Christine, it says about Natalie, a daughter's addiction, a mother's love, and finding their way back to each other. How did that actually begin, that, that journey back together? Well, the journey back together was, um, was a very um, long, 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 and... Um, hard road. Uh, Natalie, you know, we, 
I, I, at first, you know, I think there was a, you know, there was so much denial on my part. There was so much denial. There was so much, um, again, it, you know, it's, a, it's another blame that I put upon myself. I mean, I was in denial for far too long. Um, I only saw what I wanted to see. Um, and then when I finally started to come out of the denial and say, okay, we've got a problem, I, you know, uh, did the wrong thing. I, you know, it's a small problem. You know, we can take care of this in our own house. We can take care of this very quietly. We, you know, we don't have to shout it out to the world. We don't need anybody else's help. We can do this. And, um, you know, it took me a while to, um, you know, obviously realize that, no, we can't do it ourselves. And we, we need help. We, you know, need all the, the host of professionals that we can, we can, we can get. And, um, again, that stigma, you know, you, you, you've, I've, I've heard, you know, how people talked about, you know, kids who were um, experimenting or addicted to drugs and uh, heard how people, you know, would whisper, you know, well, there's definitely something wrong in that home or with that mom or with that family. Um, and I was, you know, um, determined, oh, you know, people weren't going to talk about us that way. Um, I, but I needed to put my pride behind me and... Um, finally, you know, hit my own rock bottom and say, you know what, no, we can't do this alone. Um, Natalie went on to get um, just, you know, every type of help out there that you can get or every, you know, every variety of help you can get. Um, There wasn't one magic moment. Um, You know, she went to inpatient rehabs, outpatient rehabs, um, you know, clinics, you know, medically assisted. She went to um, every type of psychiatrist, psychologist, therapist, counselor you can you can name. Um, it wasn't one magic thing. It's not a one size fits all. Um, I think that what she did was um, looking back. I can see that. I feel that she, you know, took a little bit um, from each of those experiences. You know, just like collecting a little, you know, a little piece of a puzzle until, um, you know, she hit her own rock bottom and she was able to put those pieces together and and turn her life around. Was there a, a moment when you knew that efforts to recover were working? Um, you know, probably not one single moment, but. You know, it's it's like two steps forward, one step back. You kind of, um, you know, so many times we were, I'm like, okay, this is it. We're in a good place. <laughs> She's moving on. And then um, there would be a relapse. Um, but I think when I finally, you know, I mean, Natalie, you know, I can't count the times that she said, okay, this is it, Mom. You know, I'm doing it. I'm, you know, I'm doing it. And, you know, every time she would, you know, go into an appointment, come out of an appointment, go into rehab, come out of rehab, you know, um, I'm saying, well, what do you think? And she was saying exactly what I wanted to hear. Oh, yes. You know, this is, you know, this is it, Mom. Don't worry. Uh, and then there would, you know, more often than not be a relapse. But I think there was a difference when I saw that, um she hit her more of her rock bottom. I mean, I hit rock bottom way before she did, but obviously that didn't count. But I think there was a time when she hit her rock bottom, and I, um, she said it, and I believed her. Christine, I um, have to take a short break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Sure can. Great. My guest is Christine Naiman, author of About Natalie. We'll be back with more right after this. Everybody's doing 
it on brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place 
with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hi this is deb cherry genesee county treasurer and you're listening to the tom sumner radio show and welcome back, everybody. We continue my conversation with the author of a new book called About Natalie, A Daughter's Addiction, A Mother's Love, and Finding Their Way Back to Each Other. Christine Naiman is the author. She joins me by phone. Christine, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. No, thank you. Um, Christine, we were talking a little bit uh, before the break about the process of... Um, of recovery and and you had suggested in the last segment that you think maybe to some degree self-medicating led Natalie down this road toward addiction and and I wonder and I and I don't mean this to be as facetious as it's going to sound but um, was writing you've done a lot of writing you've written a lot of books um, is is writing therapeutic for you is it your way of self-medicating and was this book therapeutic for you oh for sure for sure yeah that um that sounds right on target i i definitely have always expressed myself in writing and um whether um you know whether whether i'm expressing myself in writing something you know pleasant or something that's you know less than pleasant or heartbreaking I always find it um, definitely, you know, helpful to me, and um, that was part of the um, was part of my personal process. But I just felt that you know maybe people um, could read my words, and and maybe it would be uh, you know supportive and um, soothing to them, and helpful to someone else. One of the things that's interesting about this book, and maybe speaks a little bit to Natalie's recovery, is that. You include some of uh, her reflections um, as well in the book. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, um, you know, I asked her, you know, the first thing I did before I even wrote a word was, you know, ask Natalie's permission. And, um, you know, I said, you know, I'd like to reach out to, to other people. I'd like to, you know, we, um, you know, can't, we don't always choose our path. We can't, you know, um, control right now that we're in the middle of all this but you know maybe we can control what we what we do with it I said I, I'd like to reach out to to people uh, you know I want to tell people that um, you know let, let people get to know us a little bit let people know that you know addicts aren't monsters let people know that you know families of addicts are not bad people so I said to her you know can I can I you know do I have your permission and um, she gave me her permission and then I said, you know what, Nat, maybe people need to hear from you, too. Is there, you know, anything you can offer? And she thought for a while, and, you know, she came back to me, and she said, you know, I think I can give you some poetry. And um, I was just, um, you know, I know I'm biased, but I think she's a brilliant <laughs> poet. And uh, I think that she did a great job in allowing people to know, um, you know, the book doesn't tell just my side of the story. It gives you a peek into um, what Natalie was going through as well. And and about that, um, you know, you talk about right in the title, a book is called About Natalie, A Daughter's Addiction, A Mother's Love, Finding Their Way Back to Each Other. Um, how was Natalie during the time she was grappling with the worst of her addictions with regard to you and your husband Peter and her siblings? Did she become 
untethered or was she always still part of the of the family did you maintain a decent relationship even though she was struggling with those issues well i you know i'm 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 pleased and proud to say that we you know we did we we um maintained um natalie you know lived at home always always lived at home um i uh I, you know, I always said, you know, I, you know, she's not going to, one, you know, no matter how this works out, when we were in the midst of the very, very worst, I said, you know, if, you know, some people were very much into, um, you know, tough love, kick them out, you know, let them be on their own, let them, you know, all of the consequences, et cetera, et cetera. And um, while, you know, I'm not criticizing that approach, I'm sure it's worked for some people, um, I, I didn't feel that it was the right, you have to do what you, you can live with, and I didn't feel that was going to be the right thing for us. I mean, I've stood at too many caskets of young people that were, you know, living in their cars. So um, we always stayed together. We always stayed, um, you know, broken, but yet, you know, complete, and um, always kept her close by, and I you know our, the door was always open, and I, you know, I always felt that no matter how this, you know how whatever the end of our story was, or how this was playing out, um, she was not going to. Um, one of her memories was not going to be her mother turning her back on her. Christine, do you feel that the resources that are available for people wrestling with substance abuse and, and addiction are available enough and and adequate? Um, you know what, I'm going to go off and say I believe that they are. Um, I, um, I, I believe that we're trying. Um, in all of our experiences, we never met anyone who, um, you know, while we didn't connect and click with everybody, um, we, I never met anybody, and I don't think Natalie ever met anybody whose heart wasn't in the right place, who wasn't there because they were doing, trying to do the right thing and, and genuinely, genuinely trying to help. Um, I think that... Um, like I said before, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Everything isn't magic. It doesn't just work. But we, I mean, personally, we did find um, the the resources available to us. But um, it's definitely, um, you know, a matter of perseverance. It's trying and trying again until you um, find something that, you know, works for you. Well, I just I just want to make sure that, that people understand as we're talking about this that, there are places to go. There are resources available, um, and and not think, oh, I'm just stuck out here all by myself with nowhere to turn, um, because it's it's really a matter of deciding to take advantage of the resources that are available, not so much creating new ones. Exactly, exactly. There's there's help out there, and um, you've you've got to go out there, you know, and do your part as far as being all in. Um, you know, if the, if the um, people that are the helpers, as we call them, you know, if they're going to be all in, you've got to be all in, too. But um, there's, there's a lot of help to take advantage of. And, and did you have to, I, I would think that you had to do a lot of research to find out what those resources were and where they were and how, how they were available. You know, I did, I did do research, but, you know, um, if you, you know, it's a good old-fashioned, you know, Google search or a few phone calls and, you know, they do pop up and um, they're, they're there and they're, they're out there waiting for you. Was it tough writing the book, reliving uh, 
all of the all of the horrors that Natalie went through with various substances. Oh, for sure. I mean, as therapeutic as it was, it was it was painful. It was painful because there were, you know, uh, I don't sugarcoat it. Um, I feel that um, people, you know, I, I I feel that people spot a fraud a mile off. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to go in there, and I'm not going to, if I'm not, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in. I am not going to, um, you know, gloss over it. I'm not going to polish it up. I'm going to call it as it was. I think the book is equal parts, you know, hopeful, but it's real and it's raw, too. And I think that um, I didn't want to insult the families or the addicts by, um, you know, making it seem, I hate to say, but less of a nightmare than it is and how is natalie now is she would you consider her fully recovered uh did her experiences take a permanent toll on her where where is she at in on the road well um you know i mean natalie as all of us are um she's a work in progress um she is clean she has been clean for about two years now um but like I said, she's a work in progress. She's she is making up for long time, uh, you know, lost time. Uh, they say that people kind of are at a standstill um, where they, you know, where they they stay partly where they were when they began all of this um, experimenting and then addiction. And I can see that that definitely was the case with Natalie. Um, she's making up for lost time as far as. Um, you know, going to school and, and doing things like that, and maybe, you know, even maturity and growth and experiences. But um, she's, um, she's, she's doing a good job. Um, I feel that, you know, one day she'll um, reco- recover all the time that she, she lost, but it's going to take, take some time. Um, I, it's hard to say, oh, you know, somebody's fully, fully recovered, because I guess once you're in recovery, you're always in recovery. But, um, you know, as, as um, simple as it sounds, it really is, you know, one day, one moment at a time. When, as you were writing this book, um, there's a voice that you write in, that, that every writer writes in. Um, and, and I've talked to a lot of writers about finding their voice and so on. But who was your voice talking to? Um, who was my voice talking to? Probably, um, you know, the other parents, the, the parents and the addicts. I mean, did you, did you imagine in your mind, um, you know, another mother out there somewhere, you know, reading this and, and maybe finding a way back to her own daughter or son? Yes, for sure. I mean, I was talking to, to other moms, other parents, and, um, I mean, honestly, I was talking to myself, too. I was, you know, kind of, you know, coming to terms with things and healing myself. But, yes, I was talking to other parents, and I was trying to talk to um, people who suffer from addiction. You know, I wanted to um, be understanding and compassionate and empathetic and sympathetic, and, um, you know, hopefully I accomplished that. What are some of the lessons that people will learn reading about Natalie? Uh, you know, I, 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 like I said, you know, not to repeat myself, but I, the biggest message is, you know, to the families, you know, you're not alone. You either, um, which is kind of unfortunate in a way because, you know, there, unfortunately, there's, uh, it's a big problem. It is such 
an epidemic that um, so many people are suffering. Um, you're not alone. Um, I, I hope that I beat down some of the stigma. And um, for the addicts, you're not alone either. We're here with you. I mean, we may not be... Um, we may not be able to have a, you know, a magic wand, but we're trying. And, you know, you do your part, we'll do our part. Um, and I want my message to be um, they can recover. And and what's next now for you? Um, what's next? It's hard for me to look too far into the future. I'm trying to embrace the present, I'm trying to take it one moment at a time. Well, I just wonder uh, if you've got another uh, another book on the way. You know what? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I have. Uh, I'm working on a book. Thank you for asking. Called um, the Art of Holding a Hand, and um, that's uh, some of the maybe the other you know common struggles that that people um, people have. Uh, maybe you know through maybe some you know depressions and things like that. Um, it's another personal journey of um, coming through on the other side of of depression. And I always ask, um, I always ask guests where listeners can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Um, Christine, do you have a website? Yes, ChristineNaman.com. Well, that's easy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> try to keep it easy. I would love for people to find me. Um, when did the uh, when did or does the book come out? The book came out in May, so it's already oh, it's out. it's been out it's for a, a while. Yeah, it's been out for a little while. It's available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. What kind of feedback are you getting? Uh, I'm blessed. I am blessed. I'm getting a lot of really, really, really uh, nice feedback. Um, the people who are reading it are, are finding that comfort that I intended, and um, that's making it so rewarding and um, so worthwhile. And um, because I'm too blessed to not give back, um, part of the proceeds of the book are going back into healthcare resources to help people and families with addiction. Well, Christine, thank you for sharing your uh experiences uh with me and the listeners and and also uh in the book thank you thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure all right take care uh-huh bye-bye Bye. that was uh christine Naiman. she is uh the author of a, a memoir called about natalie a daughter's addiction a mother's love finding their way back to each other and uh, it's from Sh Simon and Schuster. Um, and we have a uh, couple of minutes before we uh, go to break. I always try to squeeze in. Uh, oh, I try and squeeze in some local music whenever we can. So uh, let's uh, let let's do that. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead.
safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. 
They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Armchair politics is going to hell. Hell, Michigan, that is, and you're invited. On October 27th, Wednesday before Halloween, Armchair Politics will be broadcasting live from 9 a.m. to noon from the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan, near Pinckney. This will be our first in-person meeting of the Tom Sumner Program's weekly roundtable armchair politics since the beginning of the pandemic. Join me and roundtable regulars Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right, plus more on Wednesday, October 27, 2021, starting at 9 a.m. at the Hell Saloon. Armchair politics is going to hell, and you can too. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Right, so now, in order for you to understand what I'm going to do next, I have to go way back and speak about my great-grandfather, whom we traced back to Marie Antoinette. As a matter of fact, my great-grandmother traced him back there a couple of times. (laughs) 
But he was partly responsible for the birth of my grandfather. He thought. <laughs> my grandfather was born in Denmark. He was Danish after his mother and Swedish after a friend of his father's. <laughs> he was one of the great inventors of his time. He invented the burglar alarm, which unfortunately was stolen from him. <laughs> He was a brilliant man. He was, among other things, a PhD. Just a f <laughs> So was his wife. However, besides being a brilliant f he also was a great chemist. He was the one who invented the cure for which there was no disease in the <laughs> Unfortunately, his wife later caught the cure and died. <laughs> he was a strange personality. He always experimented with something. Once he... Um, he crossed an Idaho potato with a sponge. Imagine that silly idea. It tasted horrible. But it sure held a lot of gravy. I think his greatest invention was a soft drink, which he called Four Up. <laughs> but it wasn't successful at all. So he invented Five Up. But still it didn't click, you know. Then came Six Up. But still nobody liked it. So he gave up and died heartbroken a couple of weeks later. But little did he know how close he came. <laughs> Then I was born, and when that happened, my parents were, well, they were not poor, but they didn't have any money. <laughs> so I was actually born at home. And when my mother saw me, she was taken to the hospital. <laughs> One day, when I was four years old, my father came home. And he found me in the living room, in front of a roaring fire, which made him very angry because we didn't have a fireplace. <laughs> there I sat, and here my father stood, burning up. <laughs> he pointed at me, see, my father was left-handed. He always pointed this way. I was sitting on the other side. So my father said, Borger. He didn't know my first name. <laughs> See, in my father's family, we had a little trouble up here. In the head. My father was all right, but his two brothers, my male uncles. <laughs> you know, in Denmark, we always distinguish, you know.
don't know if you're familiar with the fact that we have three sexes over there. <laughs> Male, female, and convertible. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was supposed to have been back to Denmark this summer. But I ain't going. Oh, once I made up my mind what I was going to be, and that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> what I meant to tell you before was, and this is not a joke, this is really a fact, that two weeks ago, we celebrated my uncle's 103rd birthday. Isn't that something? Thank you very much. 103rd birthday. Unfortunately, he wasn't present. <laughs> How could he be? He died when he was 29. <laughs> but what I meant to say was that he was the one who went crazy. And his mother used to say that he went crazy because he never got the woman he loved. And that's a lot of nonsense because his brother went just as crazy. And he got her. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Died in the church and was buried along with the name 
Nobody came, Father McKenzie, wiping the dirt from his hands as he walks from the grave. No one was saved, all the lonely people. Where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 